Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome. This is Loreforge Live. This is episode 14, and we are back. We are your hosts. I am Jibs. Cash couldn't make it tonight. He is out saving the world from fires all over California. All over. He just started running like Forrest Gump and saving the world one fire at a time. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it, and we de- miss him dearly. But uh, Sonny Ravencourt's here. Hello. Hello. Hi. I will be playing the role of Cash tonight. I'd like to talk to you about lore. <laughs> Do you have a moment that I could bother you and enter your living room and talk to you about lore? <laughs> I'd like to tell you about my Lord and Savior, Grayshore Company. Yes. I'd like to talk to you about the Grayshore Trading Company. <laughs> Uh, Would you like to buy these knives? <laughs> Here, let me show you. Let me cut something. Oh, my gosh. It's awesome. And our very first guest. We love this guy. He makes one of one of many amazing shows in the Ashes of Creation space. Host of the 1v1 podcast, Vladis Gaming. What is up, my dude? Dude, it's crazy. I can't believe I'm the very first guest on the Loreforge podcast. Like, that's kind of an honor, man. Like... I feel I feel very uh, very very honored, and you guys are such like I said. You, if, if anybody has seen my one v one, I've actually talked to all three of these awesome gentlemen, and it, it's it's really a privilege to have you guys here because you guys make such quality content, and you know I think the Ashes space and the Ashes community is grateful for having content creators like yourself uh, making content for this game. Oh, thanks, man. We appreciate it. We love your stuff. As soon as we heard your show, I sent a text. I'm like. Listen to this show. Listen to this. Show. Who? Vladis. Go listen to it. And this is when we first started. <laughs> this is we were we, we didn't know who was who. We had no idea who was in the like, space. How do you spell that? That's <laughs> how <laughs> so it started. Vlad, Vlad, is there an H? There's an H in there. There's an H. It's hidden. <laughs> the, there wasn't originally an H. It was because it was taken. Uh, and my name uh, came from uh, my paladin in World of Warcraft, which was supposed to be without the H, like Vladis h missing uh but then it was taken so then i just added the h and i looked it up and and there are vladimirs that have h's in their name so i was like okay that i guess it's not too out of the ordinary yeah nothing inspires creative spelling quite like an mmo character creator right (laughs) that's true absolutely (laughs) oh my gosh we have all all been there friend Uh, yeah i i just want to say uh welcome along with along with jb we've all really enjoyed your stuff we've been uh on your show and we loved that as well you were one of the people that we identified real early as a person to reach out to because you make uh, excellent work and and we really enjoy your stuff i just listened to your show with Dr. Burns, who is another person that I, oh, I very man. much enjoy uh, listening to his stuff. And the, the two of you going back on stuff was a great conversation. So if, if anybody out yeah. there has not listened to Vladis and the 1v1 gaming podcast, you have to go check that out because it is it is well worth your time. It gets the uh, lore forged quality stamp of approval, uh, no doubt. You're doing yeah. great stuff, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. It's it's taken a while for me to kind of cultivate this, uh, you know, that kind of style of podcast. And I think um, before I wanted to have someone there because I felt kind of inadequate if it was just myself. Um, and then the more I talked to people and the more recommendations I got, they're like, dude, you you can do it by yourself. Like, just just do it by yourself and then, you know, bring someone else on and just have a conversation and that's kind of like, uh, you know, what I started to do. And I uh, 
bought a book called the art the art of the conversation um and it was a, a book that joe rogan mentioned uh, a while back um and you know he's definitely a huge inspiration because i think you know he is a, a brilliant guy but he's not like the smartest student in the world but yet he can hold conversations with people that are far more intelligent than him and he can do like a two-hour conversation like flawlessly and you know i think that's important because i think conversation especially when we're trying to discuss something meaningful and to us as gamers i think mmo design is what our meaningful thing is uh to be able to discuss that in a very um genuine and you know sometimes debating kind of way is good you know i think it's healthy i think it's it's what inspires ideas it's what allows us to uh it gives us a piece of ourselves to the audience because i think you know a lot of us especially you know in this uh podcast as well speak very passionately about the way you know questing design should be or how a uh, story design should be or how you know uh rating or open world or just you name the system so it, it's kind of these things that i feel very passionate about and i i always love speaking to people that are equally as passionate about it, if not more. Well, I was going to ask you how you got started, but you pretty much knocked that one out already. <laughs> yeah, you did. Look at him go. Did I do good? Okay. Welcome to the show. You're, you're, you're clearly ahead of the game. Well, uh, now that we know a, a little bit about that, which is a fascinating story, honestly, and I, yeah. I think that, that we can all hear the influence that Joe Rogan has had on your particular style. We, we reference that uh, all the time when describing you, but how did you get into this particular space? Um, how did you decide that Ashes of Creation was the place that, that you wanted to focus your time on? Um, <laughs> out of a very dark place of, of the MMO that I was in. And so I, I've said the story uh, many times, so I apologize if you're a viewer of mine and you've heard the story, so just tune yourself out for like a minute or so. Uh, but this was, you know, 2019 going into 2020, which was a very dark year for World of Warcraft. It was Shadowlands. Um, probably by far one of the worst expansions they've done. The entire community at that point, uh, I would say the MMO community was pretty dire. Um, this was when, you know, I think Lost Ark still hadn't came out yet. So the space was so stagnant. Um, it just, it, it was, it was just dire times. It was so basically long story short, uh, July 2020 is when Asmongold, which I'm a avid uh, watcher of his as well, uh, he saw the Lazy Peon video for Ashes of Creation, and then literally after watching that, Steven reached out to him on Discord and said, hey, do you want to have a conversation? And then that spurned into watching the Lazy Peon video, which was such an epic video, then into um, the the whole conversation. He was driving uh, to Las Vegas, uh, or was it from Las Vegas back home? I can't remember, but he was basically driving and talking to Asmongold, and the way Steven spoke was, again, so passionate, so genuine, and again, that's so hard to fake. And that's why, like, for me, I love talking just on a one-on-one -on -one basis, because sometimes, like, whenever there's more people there, you feel like you have to be a little bit more faker, you have to be a little bit more, you know, entertaining. But when it's just you and some other, someone else, like, you're, you're, I feel people are more at home, they're more themselves, they don't have to be so much, so animated. And, and hearing that interpersonal uh, conversation between Asmongold and Steven genuinely felt like I, I knew I had the resources to do something, and I did. You know, I mean, Steven's a multimillionaire, very passionate gamer, and he saw the state that the MMO, MMO genre was in way, uh, way before 2019 and decided to do something about it. 
And, you know, for me, I was so desperate, like many other people were so desperate for just something new to kind of inject back into the community that when I saw that Lazy Peon video and I heard this, you know, not only this very passionate gamer, but this CEO uh, make a company that was so passionate about making this MMO that has zero pay to win um, and just how huge this MMO and ambitious this MMO was. I was like, dude, yeah, I that's what am I doing in World of Warcraft at this point? Like, I, I was so unhappy. I was so um, unmotivated as a gamer. I think that's probably by far the worst feeling you could feel is that feeling of apathy where you don't even want to game. And that's your identity, right? Like, if you're a gamer, you you get up to game. But when when the genre that you're that you're so passionate about is just so lifeless and soulless at this point, out of all the pay to convenience and pay to win and the tokens and you know like all this stuff that just makes your gaming experience far worse, it just uh, I needed something and the and the Ashes community was there and I, I kind of got in late still because I'm I was a raider for a long time, so then you know I finally got out in 2021. And I started meeting awesome content creators. My first person I ever met was uh, Tin Man, uh, and then Zillin, and then uh, Fane. And um, just, I, I met Richie later, but I just started meeting like all these uh, content creators. And it, it just, they were so passionate. And it was just, there was just something about the space that I felt uh, was just very uh, addicting or. Mm. Um, I don't know what the word is. It's just, it, it felt very contagious. And then after that, I just decided, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start making, I'm going to, I'm going to make a YouTube channel and I, I need to start talking about this game. Cause I just, I hadn't felt that kind of passion in me in such a long time. Cause I felt like I was just going through the most, going through the motions with, with world of Warcraft at that point. Well, we're glad you made the jump, bud, because you have absolutely like when we're, when we were coming into the space, just trying to prepare and get a pulse. I think that was the hardest part. Just trying to get a pulse. Right. Which was daunting because the game is so massive and the community has been around for so long. It's very intimidating, truthfully, uh, to be honest. And, you know, listening to your show, it just, uh, yeah, it just listening to your show and um, the quality that you put into it and your passion, it really, really comes through. So, man, thank you so much for, you know, all that you've done in the last few years and what you continue to do with the community because you're definitely a positive force in the community. And truthfully, as gamers and MMO players, we all need that. And so, it's really, really great that you're here. So I want to know, fast forward three years, are you glad you made the jump? Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I don't regret anything. I mean, has the whole experience of, you know, uh, active development been waning? Absolutely, dude. Like, I, it is the hardest thing. And, and again, you know, when Steven talks about it and they mention it again, you know, uh, which I found it to be really funny. He's like, if you're feeling like, you know, uh, like, where's Alpha 2? And you're getting, like, bitter or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, you might want to just go and step oh, back yeah. and, and go, yeah. like, take a vacation, you know, go do something else for a bit. Um, I, I I agree with that because, honestly, for me, even as a, as a content creator, it is hard. And this is mm -hmm. why, like, even when it comes to the live streams and when people are like, oh, what are you expecting, Vlad? It's like, what do you want? And I, at this point, I'm just like, whatever they give me like because yeah. i i don't want to set myself up for failure out of my passion because i think all of us in the ashes community are, are very passionate people why else are we following a project day by day month by month 
um, the way we are if it, if it is not a sheer passion. That was such a beautiful moment when he when he said, you know, if, you, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling stressed out and where is the alpha, maybe maybe take a step yeah. back. And I was just like, oh, man, that is I love I love that a developer is in a state where they could just tell people like it's OK, you know, get a hobby, you know, find some crochet, something that's like not yeah, very awesome. stressful. I don't know. The banjo is always out there. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wood burning, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> and it has to be so hard on Steven, too, because at the same time, like, the community does give him flack. And they're always like, you know, you have these people that are just, you know, wanting the game now and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Like, what have you guys been doing? And the more, you know, because I'm not a game developer. I don't know what it is to be in game development, but I know it's a very stressful job. Right. And, you know, I had the opportunity to speak into uh, two people um, that are game developers, one that I spoke with, you know, in my 1v1, the other one I didn't, I just spoke privately with. Um, most game developers know this project and they are like, this is too much. Like I, I, you know, as a game developer of like seven years, like one of them was just like, ah, th that's just so many systems. Like I couldn't even imagine like how they are tackling these systems, especially with them being so interconnected. Um, and how they describe them and how detailed and customizable like it's it's a lot to produce and it's a lot to push out you know what I mean and I, I don't think people have a grasp they just think well you guys have 150 developers like y'all should have been done like a year ago or you know whatever mm -hmm. but you have to, you also have to take in consideration that hey stuff happens you know what I mean things like don't work out things need to pivot and shift um, so if you're not of that mindset or you're not willing to kind of um, swing with the punches like you know you're again i don't think you're cut out to watch active development as it's happening um and that's fine i don't think a lot of people are but all, all i'm saying is that i've been now kind of looking at myself and looking at intrepid and being like you know with way more forgiving eyes instead of being like because i i was bitter a couple of months ago because i was just like i want the game man i'm just like i want something to play you know but <laughs> but at the same time you know i know what they're doing and i know how hard they're working on it and they don't want to give a half-assed project Right. You know, even in Alpha 2, they want to give something that is actually meaningful and, and, and shows the fruits of their labor uh, to us, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And yeah, there's a ton of systems and it's just one of those things where it's just like, hey, just let the game cook, let it cook. And when it's ready, it's going to be it's going to be delicious, like fresh barbecue, oh, yeah. man. It's going to be awesome. So Heck yeah. for all of our listeners who are tuning in, can you give us um, a elevator pitch of your show to anyone who may want to tune in or or not um, fully aware of what the 1v1 podcast is and then where they can find all of your stuff the 1v1 is kind of easy like um i used to label it like ashes of, an ashes of creation podcast um but even though it is mainly focused on ashes of creation it's truly just about mmo design in general we use ashes as kind of like the template or the basis but it's it's really just an mmo podcast of myself and someone else that is a part of the MMO community discussing uh, certain design decisions um, that either Ashes of Creation has done or just other games have done. And it's, you know, that's kind of like how I've always wanted to have it for the audience because even if they're not a fan so much of like Ashes of Creation, we can still talk about a system from Ashes of Creation and talk about the design decision behind it and, and dissect that and see, well, what what does this system offer? What are the things we like, don't like about it? Um, and that's kind of like, you know, 
what I've always wanted it to feel like. And I, I've always wanted to feel genuine, like just like, a, you know, two guys sitting, you know, across from each other, just discussing, you know, games, you know, that's so that's kind of like my little elevator pitch for it. Mm -hmm. um, my my Vlad is gaming is is really an Ashes of Creation channel. I don't do any other content really um, than a Ashes of Creation, and that's sort of more like um, I'm still working out the the kind of thing with it because right now I think all Ashes of Creation channels are all just speculation based, you know, because we don't we don't have a game to play, um, which is is sometimes kind of hard to do. Um, and I've I've made over probably 50 videos uh, on my Vladis gaming channel and it's I think after a while you just kind of don't have content to really discuss um for a certain period of time but I think hopefully now we're on the cusp of getting alpha 2 and then once that happens then I I'm still kind of deciding what I want Vladis gaming to end up being it could be a, a guide channel it can be you know more uh, a feedback channel like I don't know. I think for Alpha 2, it's definitely going to be a feedback channel. I want mm -hmm. to give as intrepid as much of my feedback from myself or the other people I talk to with from the community as possible. Right. So. Right. And so what's your what's your social handles for everyone who wants to follow you and just kind of go on this journey with you? Yeah. Like, so if you go to YouTube, just look up, you know, 1v1 podcast. Um, if you look up that, you'll see my link to Vladis Gaming. Or if you look up Vladis Gaming on YouTube, you'll see my 1v1 inside my Vladis Gaming channel. Um, so that's probably the easiest on Twitter. If you have Twitter, you can just go at Vladis. Um, and remember Vladis is spelled with an H. So, <laughs> uh, just, just remember that, you know, and then you'll be fine. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, yeah, everyone who's tuning in, make sure that you go check out the one V one podcast. Absolutely a solid dude and a solid show. And bro, we're so excited to have you here on the show. We're gonna have a good time. So I'm excited. Dude. Let's talk caravans. I'm ready. Okay. So I'm ready. We are, oh goodness, we have a big show. All right, so everyone who's tuning in, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We are going to be obviously continuing our chat with Vladis throughout the episode. And on today's episode, we're going to be opening up the mailbag. And without further ado, I mean, we're definitely going to be diving headfirst into caravans. It was such an amazing, amazing stream. But before we get started, folks, for everyone who's tuning in, we want to remind you of something that is so incredibly important to us and has been for well over a decade and that is our Extra Life event. Now, everyone who's listening to this now, you're hearing it on Monday the sat following the, the uh, Saturday event. But for everyone who's here who wants to come join, be a part, help us raise money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals through Extra Life. We have joined the uh, Extra Life, or the, I'm sorry, the Intrepid team. Uh, so all of our donations that you send our way goes to their hospital, their charity of choice, which is the Rady Children's Hospital in San Diego. We have a full eight-hour TTRPG set up and ready to rock and roll in the Ashes of Creation universe for the stream, and there's all kinds of fun things. Sunny's going to be a player. Cash is going to be a player. Uh, Katie and Conniff, a couple oh, close friends so of ours, are going to be players. Yes, if you're listening to this on Monday, we had a great time, and I won Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I beat oh, the game. I beat I, the game. I killed the dragon in the dungeon. <laughs> with resplendent robes. Yeah, with my resplendent robes. <laughs> oh. I negotiated his surrender. <laughs> oh. oh, that's awesome. So anyone, everyone who's here, please come hang out with us. We'd love to have you there and just have a great time raising money for kids. And for everyone who's tuning in, it was awesome and Sunny died by my hand. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> it's much more likely. Dude, I, heard, I heard that you guys don't have a tank. 
We don't. We don't. We don't. We, we, we don't sure do page. have a bard and a cleric, though. We have a bard, a cleric, <laughs> oh and a mage. God. And, and a, a rogue. And a rogue. And a rogue. A mage and a rogue, hey, yeah. Vladis was a paladin tank. I'm Ooh. just saying. True. It wouldn't kill us was. to find somebody with a piece of metal on them. We, <laughs> we need a paladin. We need a, yeah, we need a prop paladin ASAP. <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> guys are going to need a meat shield. Otherwise, we're going to have to yeah, find something. Yeah, I don't know if you're Talk your way out of that one. <laughs> you gonna Charisma sing points. a dragon to death? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So anyone? Uh, so anyway, everyone. Uh, we have a couple voicemails. Uh, one is a returning friend of the show, and it starts off with our good friend, all of our good friends, actually, uh, Burns. So uh, let's take a listen here. Hey guys, this is Burns, longtime listener, first time caller. I just wanted to pose a question. With hitbox sizes being different for the various races, how do you think Intrepid will balance that? Thanks. Look forward to hearing from you. Bye. Ooh, Burns with a with a technical question. I like this. Hitbox differences for different races. This is the uh, this is a trick that MMOs have been uh, dealing with for a long time. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this because we have to talk about caravans, obviously. But I think that this is one of those things where I like things to be different i like the i like it when you roll in warcraft a gnome and you get the advantages of a gnome in a bush right <laughs> like you get there are certain <laughs> inherent things that you just can't do as some of these other races you can't be a tauren in That's a bush true. and hide right oh you can gosh. only be a gnome <laughs> in a bush and and so i don't mind extending that out to things like hitboxes i would e- I, I would say that if you were if you were going to balance that well like a gnome taking a a 12 inch arrow is probably significantly worse than a Torin taking a 12 inch arrow so that's how i would balance it right i would make a bigger hitbox and maybe just just take a percent or two off the damage um but i love that about mmos and i love that about rpgs because the characters are different for a reason and that kind of flavor i do not want to homogenize that kind of flavor out of a game i like those differences Mm. gladys what do you think I, I don't really have a particular like horse in that race. I, I would I wouldn't care if they were universal, like universal hitboxes. So it doesn't matter how small or how large a character is. It is like a one size fits all. So when you click on something, if, if they're like this short, the hit size is still this and it's this for every race. Like mm-hmm. that's just the default size. Or if it was smaller, like people always talk about the more tactical advantages and stuff like that. Again, because I don't have a horse in that race, I kind of don't care. So if like mm-hmm. the Nukuans were like this short or whatever, and you have a Renkai that's like this big and their hitboxes aren't matched, like usually people will find ways around that. Um, but I, I feel like most people like wouldn't pick a race just out of that kind of tactical advantage. I think those people are very niche. Uh, so if there are people that are willing, cause I know for me, like race definitely matters. I am not going to play a race just to have the, uh, hit box advantage. I personally don't care. And I think a lot of people don't care. It's again, it's a very small portion of players. So why are we going to change something based off of a very small portion of players? Mm. Like, you know what I mean? And this mm-hmm. is where I think the fun police for a lot of gaming companies come into play where it's like, oh, fun police is here. We have something that's fun for people. And now we have to take it away. I'm like, I don't care. Like, let them be smaller fine yeah i'm kind of the same boat i think it's i'll be honest that's something i never consider like just whatever the game is like yeah. all right cool let's go <laughs> like I, yep. I just don't i don't really think about that at all but yeah there is definitely that player base that does and um yeah i mean like 
it's funny, you know, you're talking about a hiding a tauren in a bush, you know? It's like, <laughs> we discovered the other day, taurens can be rogues. I'm like, how does that work? <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> clip, clip. <laughs> Sneaking down the cobblestone road. <laughs> I know for me, like, I want to play either a Renkai or a Tolnar. Yeah. But I've also been leaning towards Veilun because I, I just love the Jin influence. And I, mm, yeah, and I yeah. don't know if that's a state if you can be in the Jin state permanently. So if mm -hmm. it's like a cosmetic shift mm -hmm. or if it is something a little bit more than that. Um, but yeah, I want to be like a big orc or like a big chimera. Oh, like yeah. that's, that's sort of like, I, I don't know. I see that one lion head with the goat ears and the, or yeah. the goat horns and stuff like, yep. Oh dude, I want to be like one of those giga chads and just like be all like huge and lumbering and stuff. Absolutely. I mean, you know, they're going to stand out in the middle of a, any city, whether it's Metropolis oh, or Village, like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's intimidation points, oh, right? Absolutely. Intimidation points for absolutely. that one. All right, Burns. Well, thank you so much. for. We appreciate you, as always. And for those who have not listened, go listen to all his videos. Actually, I'm sorry. Watch his videos over at Ashes of Relation. So uh, we have a voicemail here. And, um, well, this is a throwback from about 10 years ago, Ravencourt. So here we go. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to push plug. <laughs> okay. Hello to Jeeves, Sunny, and Cash. This is Victor from overseas. You remember me from so long time ago? I think uh, one time I called in 2015 into your stupid show. Now uh, I call again today. So maybe long time caller, first time listener or something like that. Anyway, I call in today for to say hello to my favorite Ashes of the Creations guy, Vlados. I love his videos. He's a very good creator for the content. You guys, uh, maybe not so much. Your stuff, well, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's shit. Anyway, hello, Vlados. <laughs> keep pumping out the good videos. I keep watching because I love them. And I love the Steven. He make a good thing, I think. So, uh, oh, I go now. A power about to deactivate again, son of a bitch. Uh, peace, love, and honey, beers. <laughs> oh, oh, good old Vitor oh showing back God. up. Oh, my God. That was something. That, okay, so that goes back to a bit that we did like eight years ago that has not aged oh. terribly well. Uh, oh, gosh, you can't play that nowadays. Eastern European character with poor internet and everything. And he always used to say, roll tape. Oh. <laughs> Victor. Oh, my God. AKA uh, Cash. Oh, my God. That I was loved it. That was great. It reminds me of like Steve Carell from The Office with all of his like <laughs> uh, impressions oh, yes, and stuff like that. Yes. Oh my god, I oh, love it. It's nice so good. Pull. Oh man, oh, That's so poor funny. Victor. I hope he's doing okay. So it's a rough time over there right now. Cannot cannot be doing so well right now. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh. 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 All right, gentlemen. Well, we should, we've should. we made them wait long enough. We should dive in. We should absolutely uh, dive in here on Caravan. So, guys, there's really no set way to open this up. But, I mean, this was a pretty amazing development update that we got to watch on Caravans. And, uh, Vladis, I'm, I just want to start with you. Like, And feel free to take it where you want, and we'll jump in and move the thing along as we go. But All right. what do you think, or what did you think, 
of the caravan dev update that we got to see overall i thought it was really good i give it like a seven out of ten um and and i just to give preface to people right uh because i know people always want to give like nines and tens and like that so i take my one to ten score very seriously uh 10 to me is literal perfection which uh, i don't really give tens to hardly anything um i think a seven isn't because people like to think of it like in the grading terms right like seven 70 or seven is a 70 which is like a c this isn't a c stream to me this is this is a solid seven out of ten because this is pre-alpha footage Mm. you know we have to keep that in mind this isn't a um you know and there are there were some things that i felt like still lacks in the ui um there were still things that felt a little confusing to navigate in the ui which i'm definitely going to leave my my thoughts on it also um there were things that i felt and again this is the problem uh whenever intrepid is talking to us because i think they talk about certain things so much that they almost think that we know what they're talking about you know because Mm -hmm. when you're when you're talking about a certain thing internally five hours a day every day and then you go on a stream you're almost like inferring that the community knows like what we've been talking about this whole time and the one thing for me that i felt a little like out of the loop on was the whole commodity system so i mean and that's kind of like starting from the very beginning right i don't understand the intrinsic value of the commodity system because materials have an intrinsic value based off of like you harvest lumber that lumber can then be used in processes for your profession system you can also be sold in the auction house like there's an intrinsic value to 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 logging or to that particular material it seemed to me that the commodity system wasn't any function like those things that they were buying from that vendor just seemed like a gold faucet to some other node location but outside of that, what is the function of the commodity? What do you do with it? Is you just sell it? So that was my first problem with that system is that they didn't either give an explanation as to all the different things you can do with that system. If it is as as, as it was stated, which it is just a gold faucet system, I think it just needs to be scrapped, in my opinion. Um, I think we shouldn't waste our time on it. Um, the way I kind of envision the commodity system is that it is node because you think of what is a commodity a commodity are things the node needs in order to stay stable and functioning so i thought well maybe these commodities are are like just like materials that are out in the open world that are regionalized these commodities seem very regionalized to the node itself so if you need like mithrilite cannonballs which is a commodity that is in the you know um dunza guild or whatever the wherever the the dwarves are and you need those cannonballs somewhere else that's where you need to get them so you ship you get those commodities there do a caravan run to where you need those cannonballs for your preparing for your castle siege that is an intrinsic value because your node needs that you know to sustain itself they also gave meats there was meats that were commodities as well so you would think if there is uh npcs that are needed for bodyguards or to um have more protection at a node than those people need to eat so you need to send commo- uh like meat commodities to those nodes in order for those npcs to have food if they don't have food they have less health they do less damage you know that's how you provide that intrinsic value there um and that could be the case i don't know but it just they didn't really talk about that so it just made me feel like 
it was a very gold-based system, which mm. it's okay. <laughs> that, that's so. That's like my first issue with the commodity system off the bat. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting, right? Because, well, first of all, um, to answer your initial thought about why they think that that we know everything that they're talking about, it's because we're spying on them. Uh, It's because whoever's (laughs) writing the wiki has got cameras in their bathrooms. Uh, We know this to be true. We've talked about it already. It's it's a thing. Um, The commodities thing is a very interesting conversation that you bring up. Um, And I had not. So I listened to your conversation with Burns and you addressed this a little bit when you were talking about how you didn't really understand not necessarily the the mechanics of how the commodities were working, but the overall function of it. And I think that honestly, this is a bit of you called it a gold faucet. I'm going to call it a gold sink. Um, I think that Uh, It's a way of addressing potential inflation in the game that you have in many games. You have the wolves that drop gold, right? Um, You kill a wolf and like a sword and like a bundle of gold falls out of them. And yay. And so you just keep doing this and you keep getting more and more and more money um, pumped in almost ad infinitum into the economy. And now you have to deal with what do we do with this? What do we do with this influx of gold? Well, we create taxes and we create, you know, things that aren't sellable and we, we, we find ways to suck gold out of the system. This right. is a different approach. I have not seen this before. They are not. The wolves do not drop gold. They drop glint, which right. I'll have to ask you what you think of, of that name. That was something that was new. We had not seen before. <laughs> Uh, glint, so glint is the physical manifestation of right. the essence and so now right. you take this glint and okay, the caravans run. I feel like I'm doing a dissertation here. I'm going to wrap this up real quick and get back to Vladis. But um, the caravans run in three different ways, right? Like commodities, materials, or mayoral. The mayoral ones is when the mayor needs stuff. The materials is your classic caravan. You chop a tree down, you put the tree in the cart and take the tree to the next town. It's all your tree. You're just moving it. And then there's this commodities thing where you have to buy the commodities with the glint, it turns into meat or whatever. And you take the meat and you go, you can either sell the meat right there, which was a real question. What do I do with this stuff? You could right. sell it right there and be done and not have to run a caravan or you run the caravan. And so what you're saying is really interesting because you're like, okay, so what? Right? Like you no. run it to the next town and you get gold out of it. What happens to the meat? What happens right. to the town? I guess if I had to guess... And they said nothing because we don't know. It might be tied to stuff. It might be tied to the town's health. It might be tied to the growth rate. It might be tied to all sorts of crazy crap that we don't know about. Right. But if it's nothing, are you okay with that? Are you okay if it's not tied to anything and it is simply providing two things? One, a gold sink to help stabilize the economy. And two, a method for which people can PVP and create their own events. I know you like it when players get the tools to create their own events. If it's nothing more than those two things, are you okay with that? No. Uh, I, I I want, like, again, I think if the commodity system doesn't have an intrinsic value outside of the gold, gold sink slash faucet, so it's the sink in the sense of your glint, but it's a faucet in the sense of the exchange rate, right? So if you get uh, commodities at a gold and then you go to a town over and you can sell them for eight gold a piece... Then, then that's the gold faucet, right? But you're sinking mm-hmm. in your glint. Um, I, I don't find that to be particularly interesting. And why? Like, I if I can get more gold out of my materials, then I will just caravan materials. Screw commodities at that point. 
you know what i mean like and, and that's the thing i don't want and and i also just again i don't want the commodities to be this uh balancing act all the time like a survival game where it's like oh this node doesn't have meats guys like you gotta go and, and get commodities uh caravan over here and go to the meats uh node and 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 do that like all the time like you gotta manage the commodities in every node at every single time from like i don't want that like but i want the commodities to have some intrinsic value and that could be either during a war time whether there was a siege that was declared on a castle or a node uh or it could be the commodities could be used in certain world events uh that are based in the node that certain commodities need to be transported to um and again this is all for in favor or in lieu of the caravan system i want people to run caravans but i i don't find like even for me as a player if i can make more gold caravanning my materials why, why on earth would i use commodities and the commodity storage looked puny like even when um, uh, Steven put in those, I, I, and he clarified it later that it was technically tier two components and not tier five. That was just a, a bug or a, a misnomer on the on the stream. Um, there wasn't particularly much material that you haul with commodities. And so if it's literally not that big of an exchange, like, was it really worth it? I'd rather just transport my materials that probably have a bigger, bigger gold value than the commodities and that's why i say if, if it's that if that's all it serves then just get rid of it don't don't even focus on that just get rid of it out of out of the game completely and let us just focus on materials which have all that intrinsic value and the gold and everything we need and then you can just make glint um to something that where you can go and buy certain uh things that are native to the node itself right so if you want to still have glint absolutely i agree you should have that but then you can actually sell either certain resources uh, at the commodities vendor and it's not labeled a commodity you can buy like certain materials or maybe like a uh like a like cosmetics or you know certain potions but they're all limited so you can't just buy them unlimitedly like you'll go to certain things spend your glint there and then that's it like there's nothing you can buy at that vendor anymore for let's say a certain period of time like that's one way how you can use that vendor but again i just think we need to see exactly really what this commodity system is about mm. So that's a really good point. I, man. All right. So on that, on that notion alone, and do you think maybe it's just going to be, if it's like more crafting materials, maybe like more crafting focus that maybe we're just not hearing about yet uh, from, I mean, if, if that's the case for me, I could definitely see that, you know, being number one, a gold sink number two, also for the, the idea of gaining crafting materials that could be used at, you know, maybe another right. node or something like that. But um, I think you're. I think you're right. And I'm honestly, it's a really good point. I'm glad you brought it up because, in, in admittedly, I, I hadn't seen the update for the last two days. I was waiting until work was done. All right, right. cool. It's I can go home and watch it on TV. I don't want to watch this on the phone. This is a huge update. I want to watch this comfortably. It was better you waited for the 4K version because it looked so bad on Twitch. Oh, I hate. The Twitch bit rate. Twitch struggled. Twitch, I don't know if it was for you, but for us, we were trying to live stream it as well, and it struggled for us quite a bit. It did for yeah. me too. It looks so bad, yeah. but it looks so good on YouTube, like with the 4K. Oh. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I was sitting down, I was sitting in my chair, and I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm off to the right side. That's staring. But then I, I happened to get up because I, I had finished it. I get up and I'm like, wait a minute. Oh my gosh, look how sharp that looks. Holy crap. Look at the quality on this stuff. You know, all their, their UI and everything I'm looking right. at. And just hits you all over again, and I'm seeing the commodities window, and I'm and admittedly, I kind of 
passed over that because I didn't realize exactly what I'm looking at. And so I definitely right. see your, your point on everything. And, and, you know, and kind of going back to my initial point, I think if it was something more crafty, crafting oriented, crafting focus and such a crafting focus game, if I guess if I knew that's what it was, right. then like as an, no. as an example, right? So let's say those Mithra-like cannonballs are things you need to complete your trebuchets for castle sieges. So you can build the actual trebuchet with professions, but the but the ammunition is a commodity that you need from some other node. So you can build all these trebuchets, but if you don't have the commodities to for the ammunition, they're useless. They're just, you know, basically like completely no ammunition trebuchets. You know what I mean? So like I kind of would love if, like again, if it had that that value of needing to be for either a particular thing for a resource, um, certain maintenance things when it comes to nodes, um, or even certain mandates that get changed or uh, things that happen uh, from the world that these commodities like kind of bring either a buffer or even a change to, uh, because mm -hmm. now these commodities that aren't native to this particular node now have them. Uh, so now this node acts differently because it has this particular commodity it could be a buff. It could be a whole number of things. Like there's, there's so many things you can potentially do with this system, but they didn't talk about it. So I, again, like that's why I'm trying to leave this feedback because it seems like they want to make this commodity system work. They want to make this uh, seem like a thing. And this is also another avenue, which again, I'm trying to make as many avenues because I don't, I don't want there to be uh, where they say, okay, we're just going to get rid of the commodity system because that all that leaves is just materials and the mayoral stuff. But if there was a third avenue that actually is meaningful, that just provides more reasons to make a caravan run, because I feel like um, players are going to either try to find a way around that or they're just going to mule their way across with like a large guild, because that's going to be the safest and best way to do it during off hours and stuff like that. Um, and I don't want the caravan system to be surpassed. I want people to use it. But right now, I think there are, you know, there's going to be some things that are probably going to need to change. And, and they're probably going to have to change it during Alpha 2, because, again, it's really hard to give feedback on something you're not playing. They are playing right. it internally. And, um, you know, so the one bit, the one bit of feedback too, and I know this is probably something the UI people, cause they're so stout on is the, whatchamacallit, whenever Steven was like, how do you craft the caravan? There was no colorization of like, this part is where you craft the caravan. It was all the same color. It was all gray. Mm. You know what I mean? So if there was a different color there that, you know, was a little bit more shinier or outlined that, Hey, craft here, hit this, you know, that kind of stuff. And I know, and I know they're going to do it. They have a great UI team and stuff like that, but just to kind of just say it, because now I have said it. Um, right. The next thing, uh, the, the other change that they did is another change that I don't think I liked. And uh, they mentioned immersion breaking, which I'll, I'll sway that off to the side because there are many things in ashes that are immersion breaking, at least to me, but I still think it's fine. Um, was the change they made to spawning the caravan. Uh, originally, Steven said that it was going to be you were going to be at the caravansary and then you were going to be able to pinpoint on the map where you want your caravan to spawn. And then you and your entire party will then teleport to that location. I like that way better than what is currently being done. Um, I also don't understand why it takes so long. And I know you're trying to make it a PvP thing, but you go three miles an hour what are you running from at that point when you've already waited two minutes? You know what I mean? If they're there, you're go you're going to go a bat out of hell at three miles an hour. <laughs> you know, like it's, I'm sorry, <laughs> but and, and again, this is the other problem I have with how much there's so many advantages the attackers have. 
And there's so many risks that these people creating these caravans have. I think we need some kind of an advantage as the people making these caravans and, and not only putting the really high in, uh, components to make them, but also putting potentially thousands, if not hundreds of thousands worth of gold in materials, you know, that we can potentially lose. I think it's fine if we get an advantage of just teleporting to a location and then starting like maybe even a 15, 20 second um, spawner for the caravan. I think that's fine. But look at it the way it is now. If someone were to get catch wind that Loreforge or your guild is uh, going to be, you know, doing a caravan run, they're going to be tagging everybody in the caravansary that has your guild tag and following them. And so if you have to track your way out there, that gives them an advantage, the attackers an advantage. If you right. were to be teleported, now they have no idea where you where you went off to. You know, again, they know you're doing something, but you just teleported now and they have no idea now. So at least, again, you as the people creating the caravan have an advantage. And again, there is a laundry risk, the list of advantages the attackers have ain't so much that the people creating these caravans have yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, uh, you're not wrong on that. The The change was a pretty significant one as far as the spawning of the caravan. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily um, like the system of the teleport. I kind of do like the system where you are out in the wild and you get to spawn this thing. The timing of it is a balance question. The speed of the, car- the caravan and the durability of the caravan is a balance question. Um, mm-hmm. All of those things. You're not wrong in anything that you said. It looked like a slaughter waiting to happen, right? Oh like, my gosh, yeah. It looked like you were driving a bacon-fueled caravan. Um, <laughs> I think that, like, you bring up a lot of excellent points with, uh, you know, the the items in there. I guess just off the top of my head, it's possible that you could you can even have something like the commodities tied to materials as like a floor for the market. So let's say that you were in a place that had this rare wood, but people weren't buying the rare wood. Well, maybe you could turn that rare wood into a straight commodity, and then you could always sell that commodity for X price over distance or something like that to stable again to stabilize the market right put it tie it to a floor one of the big changes i thought um and just going back to this not only the name uh glint but like the concept of glint so can you talk a little bit about this kind of reveal that this is how people are going to acquire this extra currency in the game and and what they're going to do with it? This is a this is a bit of a change and a departure from any MMO that I've really played with. What do you what do you expect will be the result of something like this? Not having monsters drop straight gold like this. I think it's just a middleman is really what it is. Glint is the middleman uh, because then you turn the glint into either a material potentially or commodities or gold itself um so it's basically just like a i I think more so a a lore reason and then i also like the fact that it's soul bound to you right so you can't you know be able to trade all that stuff but however you can buy commodities in the vendor and then trade those commodities with the glint you just had soul bound to you so Mm -hmm. again i think it's a matter of balancing it's a matter of it's a matter of a lot of things but me personally like i don't mind off the cuff because again like I haven't played it. I haven't done the exchange myself. I haven't seen if it's something that is more of a nuisance or rather it's something that I find enlightening or fun um, from the game loop. Um, 
So I really have to kind of take it at Intrepid's word that, okay, like you have a glint system there that, and, and again, I like the fact that it's tied to lore, right? Because again, you know, I think the whole gaming mechanic of a boar that's just out in the wilderness that dropped like, you know, one silver is kind of weird. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I do like the fact that they're going in a more uh, lore based um approach to how you basically still kill these uh, magical creatures in the world of era and actually still get something out of it i think what's really unique about this system and what we what we have saw what we have seen i'm sorry um so far and what we saw this past week with you know watching the caravan update itself is all these things that we're watching i feel like possibly this system in particular you're going to see a lot of tweaks come alpha 2 absolutely but just based on because just imagine all those caravans out in the world all of those caravans someone in chat um trying to find it was firebrand says if the attackers are going to continue to have all the advantages they may want to bring that insurance escrow system back Mm -hmm. i mean right now as it currently stands the attackers i mean you're not kidding like look there there was a lot of standing around everyone was waiting for the caravan to get started so but imagine that on a grander scale and you're watching all these players i mean there's it's a it's a bustling forest at this point of caravans filled with kerosene, ready to go at any time, you know? So it's just like, right. I, I, th- I think that this is one of those systems. And truthfully, admittedly, I'm very excited to watch it change and grow, especially Absolutely. through Alpha 2, because I think it's, there's something there. It's, and it's, to me, when I, when I watch that, when I watch that update, it's just, there's something here. It's special. It's different. I don't think it's there just yet. I mean, it's gorgeous. I mean, goodness, is was it gorgeous? The caravans looked amazing. And I know we're going to talk about upgrades in a second, but just the idea of of thinking like, okay, so I'm watching two. What does 50 look like? You know, through this, like, what is this? You know, and so I think that that's an Alpha 2 thing. And I think that when it comes to Alpha 2, you know, especially with what you're saying, Vladis, it's it's going to go through iterations. No, absolutely. I mean, and again, I think with the whole teleporting thing, you can still make it very lore based and have like a mage at the caravansary that as soon as the mage or as soon as you make and create your caravan, the mage is then now casting a spell that's like two minutes long. You know what I mean? And then it's like, hey, guys, like once I once the spell goes off, you and your party are going to be transported to your desired location. Like you can still do it and have it be like as unemergent breaking as possible because it makes sense that a, a mage is going to be teleporting your party you know right. somewhere around the node location uh um, right. there are teleporters in the world of era it's just the you know the fast travel is very quite limited um but again i don't think it's very immersion breaking at all but again i i am a caravan enjoyer even though i have never done this system in any of the games that i played i want this system to succeed absolutely and and I will do everything within my power to give as much feedback to make this system work. But I also feel like if there is too much in favor of the attackers, why am I going to make a caravan? Why is any guild leader going to be like, guys, we have all of these disadvantages and the caravan or and, and the attackers have all these advantages. I think it'd be better if we just mule as a guild to the desired location. Like, and that's right. what's going to end up happening. And I'm telling you, people are being so organized right now without the game not being out, spreadsheets, you know, everything like that. Because again, gold is going to matter in Ashes of Creation mm-hmm. and, and all the materials and commodities are going to matter. But again, if there's too much uh, advantages that these attackers are going to have and they don't even have much risk, that's a whole other conversation too. Um, there's way more risk that the people creating these caravans have that the attackers do not have that same risk, not even in the slightest. Um, 
And are people going to be okay with that? I don't think so, because I'm no. not. No, of course they're not, right? Like, if if the at the end of the road, you look at the sheets and you're like, 8% of caravans make it to their destination. <laughs> are we okay with that? <laughs> We're absolutely <laughs> not okay with that, right? Because like, right. I'm driving those caravans. Uh, right, right. I don't want an 8% success rate. You better, you better give me better than a, like a 6 to 1 gold ratio on when I get there. It better be like a 1,000 to 1 if it's only going to happen 8% of the time. Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question about uh, one of the one of the best parts about this particular update was we got to see it from A to Z, right? Yes. We got Mm, to see the caravan start and we got to see the caravan go through the process and got to see the caravan end. What did you think of the actual drive of the caravan? Like the middle road, when they're on the road, you could have different people driving the caravan. They ran into a log and totally missed the best opportunity in the world to have an ambush. Uh, But instead, they just backed it up and went around the log. There's not a single person watching that stream that did not think there was an ambush coming. When you see, if you're driving through Fallujah and there's a burnt out car on the street, you better be loaded because. (laughs) (laughs) You are about to get ambushed. If there is a fallen log in Vera, I thought for sure they were getting ambushed. What did you think of the drive of the caravan? Um, I mean, it, it, it it was unremarkable, right? In that sense, right? Like, I mean, there were certain things that I did have a huge reaction to. Um, but I think overall, um, again, it was a very slow lumbering. It, 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 I think it's almost like a slow burn, right? Because again, you're kind of, if you are practically driving in a live server on Vera, you don't know what's going to happen. So the entire time, it's almost like you're watching a scary, suspenseful movie and nothing really exciting is happening, but you know, you're watching a scary, suspenseful movie. Like something eventually is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know when that jump scare is going to happen, but it's right. going to happen. Um, that I don't know if that is something that Intrepid, you know, is thinking of too. Um, but I, I, I do think that the caravan needs to be a slight, like slightly faster, especially with yeah. with proper components on them. Um, I, I do love. Oh, my God. I love the fact that there's going to be abilities that you can cast from the caravan themselves. Yeah, that was like the biggest thing. That was like my oh, crap moment, because I had a conversation with um, I think uh, is there no one else on my one V one? And we talked mm-hmm. about like potentially having or no, it wasn't with him. I'm sorry. It was with Jamie and Annie and Tangents of Creation. And I talked about how it would be so cool if like the caravans were like like mini raid bosses and they have abilities. And there's like an ability that, you know, is like a seismic blaster that like blasts people away from the caravan. And they literally had a component and an ability that did exactly that. Like I was so happy. I was like, oh, my God, they have like a heel and everything (laughs) like that. It, It was it was quite amazing to see. Um, I know yesterday, uh, is there no one else? And I know he's in chat. Uh, he actually mentioned, uh, from the voice of air podcast that it wouldn't it be cool if the driver had influence based off of their class for abilities. So like, if you're a ranger, like, and you're driving as a ranger, you now have like a ranger NPC that's like basically like bowing arrow and people or whatever. If you are oh, yeah. a cleric, you know, then you have a better heal over time. That's like bigger, better, stronger, you Ooh. know, like so. Ba- so basically, I like this. Yeah, <laughs> this is a great idea he had. Yeah. If you're a fighter 
if you see a log or an obstruction, you can bulldoze your way through it instead of having to go around. Like, I love this is, that. This I caravan classes. It, it was literally such a great Ooh. idea. And again, Intrepid, <laughs> they listen, man. You'd be so surprised on who is watching when it comes to developers or anybody from Intrepid because they are so hungry and they're listening to their community. And I would be so thrilled if there was something of of like a like when you dr- step into the driver's seat, you're almost like thinking about it in a sense of a raid, right? Like, okay, we're gonna send this caravan here. Let's say the there is a, a component that adds a camouflage uh, to like your whole party, but it's a camouflage. It's not as great or anything like that. You can still kind of see it looks like a mirage or whatever. But if there's a rogue in the driver's seat, it's a legit stealth. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that to me, man, it just. Yeah, it sounds so good. It's like, how could you I not agree. do that intrepid? That's a hot, that's a hot idea. That is a hot is. idea. That's it's super hot. That's a really good one. Oh, man, that's good. Gosh. Wow. OK, so from point A to point B, I'm not going to lie. I brought back Red Dead Redemption 2 vibes. The whole caravan. <laughs> yeah. went, like I and I loved it. I loved that vibe. I remember uh, playing. Doesn't the caravan in Red Dead 2 drive a lot faster, though? Oh, my oh, God, yeah, it yes. does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I was going oh, yeah. to yeah. interrupt JB and say, except for yeah. that caravan, hauls yeah. balls. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, it does. It went oh, like it was man. always on fire, man. Like, that thing fire. was just... <laughs> horses going full yeah. tilt trying to catch this thing. You'd hit a bump and oh, the yeah. wheels would oh, fly yeah, off. Yeah, the back oh. thing's flying around. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Dude. no, a, a thousand percent agree. Like it, it was way faster and admittedly probably a little too fast. But uh, at the same notion, like I think you're totally spot on, you know, speed the cre- um, increase the speed a little bit on these. And I, and I totally get wanting to have a certain level, a certain pacing, particularly for encounters to keep it open for things that could happen. But I don't think we have found that 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 middle ground yet. Like right now, it's just like man there's a lady with a walker that's walking faster than this thing you know just like so and the one oh my god i felt so bad for bucky his was even slower oh, his was than worse. Stevens. Oh, i know yeah. like it was so bad i was his like was oh, worse. No. Like, i love is... when he goes i'm still back on the bridge guys <laughs> Dude, it was, i felt so bad for bucky can you still see me <laughs> and again oh. all i'm saying is is that it we need to have more of an incentive for the people making these caravans. Like, I just feel like it's almost like they're set up for the attackers. Like this whole caravan system is just set up for you to pillage and and take these materials. But again, people aren't going to be willingly making these caravans just to have them be destroyed and have all their stuff taken. No one's going to do that, especially if if how heavy these materials are going to be. And I I brought up um, another discussion uh, yesterday. I was talking to uh, my boy, Nice, and is there no one else? about how I think another cool thing would be for attackers um, is another system that I think is a little less fleshed out is the bounty hunter system. The bounty hunter system, you know, we all kind of know that the corrupted players aren't going to be running amok as many people think they are. Hmm. Um, So I think it'd be really cool if, if you choose to be an attacker on a caravan, you show up as a bandit. Now, a bandit like and we kind of fleshed this out yesterday so once the caravan is destroyed or either reaches its destination those people that marked attacker now ping on the map as a bandit and any bounty hunter can now find them and kill them for extra rewards so 
it adds another layer of risk to people wanting to attack. It's not, I'm not saying that's going to be enough risk, but I think it is a bold enough risk for these bounty hunters to actually do something uh, that's going to be way more, I'm not saying meaningful, but just have way more attention to, because I think there's going to be a lot of attackers attacking caravans, which means there's going to be a lot of people on the map for these bounty hunters to go and kill. You know what I mean? Because I think it's a really cool illusion, uh, or not illusion, but it's a really cool uh, idea of like a bounty hunter system. But if there's not going to be that many corrupted players happening all the time, you're not doing much as a bounty hunter. Like, so the, the mm. whole idea of it just seems kind of lackluster. But if you add more layers to it and you say, hey, well, anybody that's an attacker, now you're flagged as a, as a bandit. And because mm-hmm. I, I said immediately at first, and then I forgot, I don't know if it's uh, one of the chatters was m- said, I don't know if I like that because then people are going to know where the caravan is. And then they're going to either want to attack it themselves too, like the bounty hunters. And that's why I said, okay, then. So once once the caravan is either destroyed or reaches destination, then they'll flag as as bandits. You know what I mean? So that way the, the bounty hunters aren't always seeing where caravans are because there's a high concentration of, a, of bandits right here. So there has to be a, a caravan there too. You know what I mean? So... You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of like, well, when you have snakes, you have to start to bring in mongooses. And then when you, but now we have too many mongooses. So we're going to have to bring in bears. <laughs> so, but I like, I like the idea of, of having not necessarily like corruption for attacking that, but you're now you're flagged as bandits. It's like, Oh, right. guess what? You know, and, and talk about like lore friendly, like you absolutely are a bandit. You just hit a caravan yeah. that wasn't yours. Right. So now you're flagged on the map and now you've got this thing where okay uh for the next like or until you're able to get to a town to safety you are showing up as a bandit Mm. so let me let me share this with you guys and this is something i did not so this is uh, an exclusive to the lore forge podcast because i didn't even think about this uh, when i was talking to my boy nice and is there no one else so a lot of people want a jail system Mm -hmm. right i would love a jail system like to have jails and nodes Mm -hmm. so what if Whenever, if you get marked as a bandit and you die as a bandit, you respawn at the nearest jail. Oh, absolutely. A thousand percent. In jail. Like, like, like a Bethesda game. Yeah. <laughs> you're in jail. Oh, you're awake. For a certain period of time. <laughs> oh, you're awake. You're like, <laughs> so, so, so let's think about this, right? So let's workshop this for a second. So let's say you've successfully pillaged three caravans successfully as a bandit uh-huh. and no one has killed you yet. But then you're on your fourth caravan run and someone kills you. Like, so you should just like corruption, you should serve a longer prison sentence because you've destroyed three successful caravans oh, on your man. docket. And plus you're a bigger bounty, right? And you're a bigger bounty. So the, the bounty hunter that killed that bandit gets a bigger reward because they've killed so many. Can you imagine? Like, you could have a poster on the side of the sheriff's building. It's like, this a-hole yes. has knocked over 10 caravans, but he always gets the safety before we can get him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love That's that. That's what I mean. It, it's, it's I, I, again, and there's there's so many things that I think people want to have, like a, a jail system. And I know people have talked about it for corrupted players or, or people that cheat, like legit cheat as a gamer, like whether it's like TOS cheats or... Um, buying or selling gold or whatever the case is. But I think this is a very fair and actually a meaningful uh, thing. So you kind of think twice because it's like, dude, I'm probably just going to do one caravan run because if I have to serve in the jail, like that's going to be a while. 
and I don't want multiple things on my docket to serve this stupid long prison sentence. You know what I mean? And and I think there should be like actual gameplay that goes into the prison. So like you can either go on good behavior or like like or you know you have to just serve out your prison sentence. I mean, there's again, I think people just love the idea of jails. You know what I mean? So, and then you can literally go to uh, like your node and actually see the people in the jail. Like you can, you right. know, like, oh, I don't know. Oh, that man. would be great. It would be so funny. If, like, <laughs> and you could have that bounty hunter that killed that person and be like, see you just later, a, bitch. You just <laughs> put a chair in front of it and just sitting there. It's like, ah, just reading my newspaper. Oh, dude, it'd be oh, so good. It'd be so that's good. That's good. That's good. So on... When, regarding the stream, when we we've seen a lot of the art updates that they do on the on the uh, in the monthly updates that they do, and mm. this was one of the first times since Alpha One that we got to see these caravans in action. I mean, when and when you were watching it, you were able to see um, the the swinging lanterns on the front, the the metal on oh, the yeah. sides of these upgraded um, uh, caravans, the this the texturing on the wood, the horses, all of that. What did you guys think about that? I mean, I made a whole video on the whole stylized, and I know me and Sunny have talked about this too, with the whole stylized versus um, graphics debate that you mm-hmm. know people have had for Ashes of Creation. I honestly still don't know what people talk about because this game to me is so beautiful. Like, and I think me personally, I'm just ready for a more realistic game. I've had my mm-hmm. stylized game for 16 years. I want something different. I don't want to just move into another stylized game that's very similar to World of Warcraft. And that's why Ashes to me very it speaks to me because it it the game literally reminds me of Lord of the Rings. Like it, it really does. It it has a very like low magic ambiance, but it just mm-hmm. looks so freaking amazing. Like the Riverlands look so good, all the other biomes look really good. And there is that magical flair to it. And and we see like the Tower of Carfin or whatever, like these high detail things that uh, a lot of the visual designers do. It's just so good. And these caravans, I'm telling you, they, they look amazing. Like I, I I just, I don't agree that Ashes of Creation doesn't have a style to it. It really does have a style. It's just you, you just think it has this copy paste Unreal Engine 5 style. And I'm sorry, but it, it's... It's. I think it's different than that. Personally, mm-hmm. I think it has mm-hmm. a very, very awesome flair to it, and I think it's only yeah. going to get better. Right, Sonny, what do you think? Yeah, and 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 Vladis is calling me out personally on this one uh, because I did say <laughs> like very specifically that it has just a very. It's beautiful, but I I don't think it's quite there for me yet. Only because we haven't seen some of the things that I know are iconic to Ashes. I um, I'm a hundred percent with him that this is a beautiful game. Every time they show me something, it's beautiful. They have not yet missed once on that. It's beautiful every time. I do want to see some places that are going to be more iconic to Ashes of Creation. I want to see some Nakua stuff. I want to see yeah. the Tolnar. I want to see some of these, some, the Vec, like a Vec, a Vec, the Renkai, places that are outside yeah. of a European Greco-Roman influence. Those are the right. things that I want to see. And and I'm uh, and so it's it's not me saying that that Ashes doesn't have a style. It's that I haven't seen it yet um, because right. I know that. Those are going to be your instantly recognizable things because they're making those almost out of whole cloth, right? Like you, you can't 
copy paste something that doesn't exist in the world today, right? Like it's right. gotta be that. So right now I'm seeing a lot of wooden human buildings. And, and so that's where my criticism lies is just that, you know, I've seen it. It looks beautiful. You're doing a great job. Um, mm-hmm. but, but show me some other stuff. And, and that's kind of, um, that's kind of where I'm at on that. Uh, Vladis, we're kind of getting to the end of the show here. I just wanted you, I wanted to ask you a question that relies on your perspective because you have been in this space longer than we have. And we enjoy talking with people that uh, have endured, you know, a lot of the stuff that came before we got here. We have been privileged enough to see a lot of great things, um, but it's because we're recent to the space. You've been here longer. So tell me how you think the progress of this game is going as far as where you started to where we are now and to where we are going. Do you think that you're getting there in your opinion as fast as you thought you that we would be? Is it go were there surprises along the way or are you pretty much like we're we're right on track with what you thought you'd be getting? Oh, that's a very loaded question. Um I would say <laughs> with my current cynicism, um I think we are actually further along than what we think we are. I think Steven used to be very, oh my God, this is finished. Like we got to show it. And I think Margaret and I think other people of the team are like, uh, no, <laughs> let's pump the brakes here. You know what I mean? Just because you think it looks good doesn't mean that we don't think it looks good. It's, it's, it's very similar as a content creator, right? Like, like I gave the example that whenever I was making my, my trailer for Ashes of Creation, I showed a couple of people and they're like, oh my God, it looks, it looks good. Like just release it. It looks great. I'm like, no, <laughs> like I still need to do some more passes. I still need to add some things, more edits, more, you know, and, and that's the thing, right? Cause it's not their baby. It's not the thing they're creating. They're just appreciating it for what it is. And I think as the creator of something, I know how hard it is to, to feel like I think it's ready to be presented. You know what I mean? And it's a very personal thing. And I think uh, the people at Intrepid, I think Steven has gotten more cognizant like that to his developers. Um, and I know that he does it at the, at the sake of like, he, he's so excited and he's, he's so, um, like he loves what they've been doing and he wants to show it off. But at the same time, you got to let him cook, right? You got to let him, uh, when they're comfortable to say like, Hey, I think this is good to be shown, then let it be shown. You know what I mean? And again, we know this is a, a work in progress. The, the whole idea of this caravan stream was based off of the whole hint of rivers, and, and they didn't even show that because it was bugged. <laughs> right. You know, we couldn't even see the transition of the, you know, personal caravan to the naval caravan. But again, it's okay if it's bugged. We know this is a pre-alpha game, but again, there's certain expectations that these designers want to present for the first time. And right now it's not up to their standard. You know what I mean? So I, I have to respect that. But I also feel like if they're really going to give a quarter announcement in the month of November, which is this month, uh, I think it's gonna be very indicative if they say a, like if they say quarter two, they are further along than we've been thinking. If they say quarter four, then okay, maybe not as further along as I thought, but they're still on track for twenty twenty four. So it really just depends. Vladis, so as we wrap up here, where can all our people and everyone who's here watching find your stuff one more time? So Vladis Gaming on YouTube. Uh, if you go to my Vladis Gaming channel, you'll see that there's my 1v1 podcast that's there. Or you can just type in 1v1 podcast on YouTube. You'll see me there. Uh, Twitter, uh, I'm at, at Vladis uh, with an H. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, that's all the that's all the places that you can particularly find me right now. Uh, well, 
Dude, that's awesome. And and please, everyone who's here, please go check out the 1v1 podcast. Go check out all of his stuff. He's done an amazing oh, you, job. And his bar of quality is or it's it's amazing. Absolutely exceptional. Dude, thank you so much for coming on the show. Dude, it was you guys that made me it forced me to upgrade my whole setup. I literally <laughs> I was like, who is this low forge party? It was like episode three that y'all did. And then I go and I see y'all's podcast and it made me feel so inferior because my setup oh. looked like like a joke. It looked like a joke. I remember reaching out to my 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 guildmate cat because I needed help in like how do I look, make this look more professional? I was like, this is what these guys did. What can I do to make it feel like my own? And so, like, yeah, like, are you guys, like, I'm telling you guys, you guys are so awesome. I'm so appreciative that you guys are in the Ashes space um, because you guys uh, forced me to level up. You know what I mean? And and I and I am very much appreciative of that because I love my new setup now. I love the new intro I have. And it's all because of you guys. You guys just literally, I saw y'all's podcast come onto the scene and y'all came guns blazing. And I'm like, well, damn, I can't be showed up by some new people coming in here. I was like, I got to act like I'm, I'm a legit podcaster at this point, you know? Well, so, man, we oh. we couldn't be happier to uh, to have met you. And, and yeah, thank you. There are there are so many great uh, content creators uh, that are out there. But you were you were definitely one of the first that we identified as like this. This guy's got a thing going on here. And, yeah. and we want to oh, make sure that we uh, we want to make sure that we support the people that uh, that really mean yeah. that to us. You know, we can identify the, the people that are out there doing it for the for the right reasons, whatever those reasons are. I mean, you just you look at Absolutely. your show and you're like, I this is a cool show. So thank you yeah, so yeah. very, very much uh, for letting us come on your show and for returning the favor and allowing us to invite you onto our show. So thank you very much. It was an honor, man. Thank you. I mean, it's I, I just can't say enough. Uh, thank you. Thank you. This was episode 14, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We certainly do appreciate you taking the time to push play. And if you enjoyed this show, if you liked the discussion we had on Caravans today, please take two minutes of your time and let us know by reviewing the show on your podcast app of choice, whether it's Spotify, Apple. For every five-star written review that we get on Apple Podcasts, we'll read your review right here on the show and don't forget you can always call us make it in the mailbag by giving us a phone call at 516-875-1776 try to keep your voicemails around a minute or less for the show and then of course you can always email us loreforgedhq at gmail.com sunny you can visit us at loreforge.com to find the links for literally everything that we do come see us on youtube if you can filter through all of the amazing vladis content out there we'll be somewhere at the end we are youtube.com slash at loreforged and then at twitch twitch.tv slash Loreforged HQ. If you are super cool, you will find us on Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon channel which lets everyone get all of the stuff we have early as well as our sort of after dark show. And that is the State of the Owl. Cash? Nope. JB. How much <laughs> you take his stuff? <laughs> Damn. Oh, well, we had a lot of members join our Discord last week. Uh, everyone from, uh, and I may, we may be doing an overlap. Normally Cash does his part. Uh, Guild, Guild, 
Gilyana? Gilyana? Yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh, this, man, maybe you, we shouldn't have given this, you this I'm one. the wrong guy for this. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Real J. Clark, Stikeno, so good to have you there, brother. Uh, Firebrand, Blightfire, uh, Daedric, Lancer Actual, Subo, uh, Trippy Hippie, I love that name, uh, Mole, Feeble, and Fatal Syndicate. All of you, thank you so much for joining the community. You guys are awesome. And everyone who's listening, if you want to, we always say gaming is better together. It's not as awesome alone. Get to gaming with friends. Come meet people. Come meet Ashes of Creation fans from all over the globe over at the Loreforge Discord community. All are welcome to join. You can follow us on Twitter or X. Uh, myself at JibsIRL, Cash at Cash Quests with a K, and Sunny at you, of course, on But don't forget, most importantly, the show at Loreforge HQ. Everyone who's here live, Extra Life this Saturday, Come enjoy the time. Help us raise money for uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals and Radies uh, Hospital in San Diego, California. Vladis, dude, you're awesome. We love you, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you. Thank you, dude. Oh, I just want to say, because I never mention it, Twitch. If you want to find me on Twitch, I'm at Vladis Gaming on Twitch. Oh, there yes. you go. There you <laughs> go. Pump well, your stuff, you dude. Yeah. We're on Twitch Get right it. now, and I'm like, I didn't even think about it. Okay, but yeah, Twitch, if you want to find me there, too. Everybody listens all the way to the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for... It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. I'm glad you put it in. Oh, thanks, friends, for tuning in. We appreciate you. We love you. Have a great week in gaming, and we'll see you right here next week on Lore Forge. Take care, everybody. Peace, love, and honeybees. Now you say safe travelers adventures. <laughs> safe travelers adventures. There it is. Yes. <laughs>